0: Hey podcasters, hope everyone had an awesome holiday season with friends and family and I hope 2018 is off to a running start for everybody. I desperately wanted to kick off my 2018 lineup of guests with an all-time inspiring story to illustrate not only the unconquerable spirit of our human species, but also to show you that your little excuses for not doing what you really love hold no weight in contrast to what some people have to overcome. So my guest today is 18-year-old Philip Matumbo. Now, Philip grew up in Zimbabwe and made the move to Canada at age seven. First, he landed in Toronto then bounced around cities until he ultimately landed here in Edmonton for good about several years ago it hasn't been an easy transition uh, Phil's had to bounce between staying with an older brother friends coaches or any good-natured person who really had room for him uh, he's just grateful on any occasion he doesn't have to sleep on the street again Phil's at the start of a promising amateur boxing career Currently sitting at 5-0, and o. he's got a long way to go to achieve his dream of boxing for Canada at the Olympics, but he's on the right path and knows what he needs to do. Now this guy's infectiously likable, he's well-spoken, he oozes charisma, all of which will be shortly evident to you, the listener. So allow me to bow out of this run-on introduction and enjoy my conversation with Philip Matumbo. So what's going on man? How you doing today?
1: I'm good, I'm good.
0: Yeah? How yeah, was Christmas?
1: Christmas was great. Um I had the best Christmas. I feel like this was the best Christmas I've ha- I've had. Why was it the best Christmas? Because like um well, it's been a long time since I had a good Christmas. I woke up in, well, I woke up in the morning and uh right now I'm like leaving with my manager that yeah. I used to work with, the Chili's. Yeah. And uh I woke up in the morning and went upstairs. There's
0: a lot of gifts under the (laughs) trees. You get some good presents? Yeah,
1: yeah. Not even that. It was just the reaction of uh, the little ones, you know? And, like, you know, it was very touchy because I never really had that growing up, you know?
0: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and and what your deal is, and then we're going to kind of get into what you're doing with your life these days. All right.
1: I grew up in Zimbabwe,
0: Harare, the capital city. Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, I lived there for seven years, and I moved to canada in 2007 in october
0: yeah what do you remember zimbabwe being
1: Uh, honestly i remember um i remember just um the farms going to the farms uh going to my mom's village my dad's village you know yeah that's pretty much all i can talk about but yeah
0: (laughs) but you probably have flashes imagery of stuff
1: yeah i remember going to my actually i remember going to my uh um my auntie's uh wedding in Zimbabwe and yeah. in, in the village yeah I remember that's one of the things I
0: remember <laughs> and then do you remember the day that you moved to Canada
1: oh uh, snap it was in October yeah it was uh I think it was in October it was uh, a month before my birthday if I can remember mm-hmm. and uh it was pretty it was, it was exciting because I was excited to see my grandma yeah and uh yeah Where was I was... She? where'd you move to I moved to Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, and that's where I learned my French.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you got a little bit of an accent. Are you, be- are you better with English or French? I'm better with English. Yeah. Yeah. But you still got the French? I still got the French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still got it. Okay, so you moved to Montreal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, once
1: I moved to Montreal, uh, I lived there for, uh, I think, until I turned 12.
0: Okay, and five years.
1: Five years, yeah, yeah thank you. And. I was there for, I, I was there and I, I used to go to a French school. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned my French. Yeah. Because I, I was fluent in French. And from Montreal, I went to Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> my mom shipped me with my brother, you yeah. know. Um, and, you know, things were not the best mm-hmm. with my brother. Why did she send you guys to Edmonton? Basically, she I feel like she felt as if it was better off me with my brother. Yeah uh she felt that it uh my dad was never there yeah uh he left he he stayed in zimbabwe okay so i didn't have a father figure growing up i yeah. just had two brothers with two older brothers two eh? older brothers yeah. yeah and they went their separate ways you mm. know and my mom just felt as if if i was closer to my brothers maybe they would be more understandable and things would be better off with my brothers
0: yeah but how if, old are you now and how uh, old are they
1: i'm 18 now yeah. Uh, my oldest brother right now is uh, thirty-one, and the other one is uh, thirty or twenty-nine. So big gap
0: actually. between you guys.
1: Yes, there's a big. So gap. So that
0: must have been tough because you, you know, they're living a different lifestyle than you're going to. Exactly, be living.
1: exactly. You know, we didn't always uh, have the same dreams, or mm-hmm. sometimes we couldn't always talk about, you know, because of the different. Uh, age stages yeah. or whatever yeah. but they were good role models in my life they taught me things they did a lot of things for me
0: yeah Yep. what were some important lessons that your brothers taught you um can you think of any off the top of the head
1: oh man that's a very good thing one of the things I was taught uh, for my brothers um they've always told me to respect people mm-hmm. and um they've always told me um yeah mostly that I, the one I remember the most was to re- respect people Mm-hmm and used to call people ma'am sir you know things <laughs> the like that. first
0: time i met you you're calling me sir and i had to tell you to stop it because i don't feel like a sir i'm 29 so i'm a little bit older than you but it's weird man but yeah. i, I res- you know i respect that level of respect that you show people and it's awesome and i think that's that's gonna go a long way for you in life so you moved to edmonton with your two older brothers how old were you at that time i think when i moved with my brother i was a uh I was 13. You You're 13. 12 turning
1: 13. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what was life like when you got to Edmonton? Like you were in school. What were you doing? Like- it, it was it was hard because I missed my mom and my
1: grandma. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was always used for my mom and my grandma doing things for me. And don't get me wrong. Like I put the garbage out and things like that. But uh, I missed having my mom around. Like I had to be kind of independent. Like my brother was there. If I did something wrong, he was there to put me straight. Yeah. If
0: growing pretty quick that way. Yeah,
1: exactly, and like, you know, if I wanted a a pair of sneakers, you know, I was I couldn't just go and be like, hey, bro, can I have pairs of sneakers? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he's not my dad. Yeah. So I had to get a job. Yeah. That's where I, I actually ended up getting a job at Chili's. Yeah. Yeah, and I met great people, wonderful, amazing people there. You know that I'm still talking to till this
0: day. Yeah. So you learned the value of hard work. What'd you do at Chili's?
1: Uh, I hosted. I bust. I did QA. Uh, What's QA? QA is basically like a person that organizes the food for so that when the service come at the back. Oh, like
0: expo. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Something like that. Okay. So how long did you work at Chili's for?
1: Uh, I worked I was on and off Yeah Because I was always All over around Canada
0: Right So you came to Edmonton And then you moved again oh, I yeah. moved again Yeah Where'd um, you go? I went to Montreal Yeah back to Montreal I yeah. went
1: back to Montreal Just for the summer Yeah And I thought I was Going to come back Yeah It didn't turn out To be like that I mm-hmm. ended up going to Toronto Okay Yep
0: What brought uh, you to Toronto? Uh, I lived in Brampton No but why though? Why'd you go to Toronto? Uh,
1: my mom didn't like My living situations In yeah. uh, Edmonton mm-hmm. And the things that was How my but his girlfriend was treating me or we were always fighting you know mm-hmm. she's not bad she's a great person too yeah but uh you know there was just a lot of things that she wasn't happy about because sometimes i'd call her crying yeah um and you know it ended up, at the end of that summer when i finished my grade eighth year yeah everything was fine but you know mom i guess my mom was sick and tired of hearing me cry
0: right so she moved you out to her you moved to toronto or did you go to montreal <laughs> first and then toronto
1: Yeah, I moved. I went. I actually didn't move to uh, to Montreal. I was just supposed to go there for just uh, summer. summer. Yeah,
0: just to see my mom. And then instead of going back to Edmonton, you went to Toronto. Exactly. So how long were you in Toronto for? I was in Toronto for two years. And what were you doing there? Like who were you living with? And I was living with my older
1: uh, my older brother, Mm -hmm. and um, he was he was very tough on me. Mm -hmm. He was very tough on me, and when I mean that he was tough on me, like my brother in Edmonton was more lenient. My brother in uh, uh, Toronto, he was more tough, you know. He was the oldest one. And mm. looking back at it, he just wanted me to be a, a good man, you mm. know, in, in the world. He just wanted me to be a good man.
0: Yeah. So you spent two years out there with him? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then what made the change again? You came back to Edmonton? I came back that? to Edmonton. That was my choice, you know. <laughs> you I must was... not have a lot of things. Like, you must have, like, one suitcase full of stuff. I'm
1: <laughs> not lying to you. Every day, I'm not lying to you. Like, uh, Nowadays, I just keep my things packed because yeah. I don't
0: know what's what's going to happen Fuck tomorrow. Man, that's a rough life. <laughs> yeah. um, so what happened when you got back to Edmonton then you were, what, at this point grade 10? Uh, no, I was going in grade 11. Grade 11. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this brings us up almost current, like your last two years. Exactly. Talk, talk about what's going on um, in your life.
1: My last two years was uh, very,
0: crazy. it was crazy. Yeah, I learned a lot of lessons. I got a lot of blessings from God. I think you made some mistakes. I some made a lot of mistakes, youthful mistakes that you know. It's, yeah, it's and, gonna uh, happen to everyone. Exactly.
1: Exactly, and uh, I remember arriving in Edmonton, and uh, I was a basketball player before mm-hmm. I started boxing, mm-hmm. and I wanted to make the NBA like every kid. They have hoop <laughs> dreams. Yeah. And I remember I went to this camp called Ten Thousand Hours with Devin Williams, and uh, you had to you had to try out to to be in that camp. And I made the cut. And I was so happy. And uh, I remember one, the biggest, uh, the first thing I got in trouble in 2006, no, 17. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Was it 16 or 17? No, 16. I remember um, after one of the camps, I took the bus home. And um, rather than going home, I just wanted to hang out with my friends. Right. So... We ended up, one of my friends, picked, one of my buddies picked me up and uh, we went to this party. And then I guess he ended up getting drunk Yeah. and I didn't have a ride home. So my brother didn't know who, where I was that night yeah. and he woke up, probably went in my room. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this kid in <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I think are misbehaving. Got in oh, that trouble that seems. night. That was
1: the first time I got in trouble in Edmonton. Got <clears throat> grounded. Yeah. But uh, yeah. How'd but you I get w- home? I ended up getting home the next morning because the buses were not running. Yeah, I think in Edmonton. So bus- you just stayed at
0: your buddy's place. Yeah, I yeah. ended
1: up sleeping over there, and uh, I woke up in the morning, and then took the bus in the morning, and got back home, got in trouble, you know, like yeah. You got a cell
0: phone at that point?
1: No, I didn't. No. I was just running on. Uh, if I have Wi Fi and yeah. I had an iPhone, yeah, I could. And I was using some apps, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how I was getting it. <laughs> yeah. So you've had a rough last couple of years. Like you've been in and out of a couple different places. You um, spent a couple nights like out on the streets. Like talk about that. Like how's how's that affect you?
1: Um, those are the things that really makes me strong and makes like when 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 I'm training and things get hard. That's the thing that keeps me going because I think about it every time. I think about the things I went through, especially uh, I'll talk a little about the first time I got kicked out from my brother's house. Actually, um, I remember getting kicked out of my brother's house because I came home late Mm -hmm. and um, he he wanted me home at a certain time. And I passed on. I passed that time and he told me that if you don't pay rent, if you're not going to pay bills here, um, you might as well.
0: Got to follow get his out. rules. Yeah, right? I got to follow your rules. Yeah.
1: yeah, and if I was not at school, um, even if I missed first block, or anything. Like my brother wanted me to, to be at school, which was very true. School yeah, was very of course, important. Course, that's the right thing. And you know, I was, a, uh, I was a hard, hard-headed kid, and sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, "Damn, I don't want to. I, I want to sleep in." <laughs> and yeah. I'd sleep in, and my he, he'd get phone calls and he'd get angry. So he ended up telling telling me, "Hey Phil, if you're not gonna go to school," pay bills here and if you're not going to pay bills here get the hell out of my house right so you know that's fair looking back exactly right? yeah I didn't argue with him I got out and I remember telling myself that I got to find a plan like mm-hmm. I really have to fix I really have to fix up I really have to fix my life
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I start. I was walking and I think it was like minus 30 outside mm-hmm. or maybe minus 25 I don't know, I forgot and uh but it was cold though and I had my boxing bag I had like my um Boxing gloves and my headgear.
0: My like, damn like. Yeah, nowhere to go at this point.
1: Nowhere to go yeah. at this point. I'm like, where am I gonna sleep? Yeah. So, uh, I remember the first night I slept in this building, and uh, um, I I remember praying too, like just asking God, like I want a better life, you know. I wanna I wanna be a better kid. I wanna do. I wanna make my mom happy. Mm-hmm. At that point, my mom was always. Yelling with my brother, you know, sometimes she'd cry
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you know a lot of things that, that happened uh, Throughout that time, but uh, I remember sleeping in this building waking up in the morning And there was two cops that came that came in the building and told me that I couldn't sleep there mm-hmm. And told me that if we ever found you back here, we we're gonna uh, give you a fine or something like that mm-hmm. So um, I was hurt so I had to find somewhere to sleep mm-hmm. All my friends belled on me. No one gave me a place to sleep. And I was too scared to tell my coaches or some people that cared about me what had happened. Because I didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. So, I remember that, that the first night I slept on a bench outside, that's the night I told myself... I really, if I had to pay, I don't care how much I had to pay just to have a roof on top of my head. Even if I have to sleep on the floor, as long as there's heat, right. I'm fine. Right. That's the last time I, I, that night is the night I went to school. And I told the school what was going on. Yeah. And they tried putting me on uh, um, social
0: services or, you know,
1: just to help me out. with. Yeah, it gets with, you somewhere to go. Exactly. Right? And uh, those are the things that makes me work hard now you know would and you say
0: that was the, the night that was like the one moment that really s- helped you turn the life around I would say it was one of yeah. them one of them one, one of many them. like you've one had so much shit happen man. one of like, them yeah I, like, talk, I know it's probably tough and still new but like if your dad just passing away yeah
1: yeah yeah Um, um my dad passed away February 22nd and uh, that was uh, is he the, still back in Zimbabwe that was in Zimbabwe and yeah. the thing that's more hurtful about it is that is that I never had the chance to like talk to them, you know, right. and that's the hurtful part. Cause when I came to Canada, it was just me, my mom, and my grandma. Mm-hmm. My brothers went off, and you know they wanted to leave their life. And for a time being, it was just three three of us living in a an apartment. My dad wasn't there, and my mom sometimes she would cry cause my dad used to hurt my mom. Used to do things back home that she didn't like, and I used to walk in seeing my mom cry. Um, you know, I used to get ass whoopings, you know, because my mom would put her anger on me. She loved me though, you know, she didn't do it because she she didn't love me. And and you know, I understand her pain as a mother. And but throughout my life I had so much people that that helped me and, and cared about me. And um but one of the lessons that really changed my life around was uh in May I remember an incident happened, I, was, uh, I went to a party and before actually all this happened my mom had called me and she told me she had cancer and HIV. And I remember thinking to myself like, damn I lost my dad just a little while back and now I'm about to lose my mom, like like what the hell is going on, Like life is not fair. And I remember a buddy of mine just invited me to a party. Cause it was uh, grad during uh, getting close to graduation, mm-hmm. uh, he was graduating class of two thousand and seventeen, um, and uh, I remember just telling him, "Hey, bro, I'm done. Let's go have fun." When I went to the party, I ended up getting stabbed. I was uh, intoxicated and I was probably high too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to a uh, to the hospital and the nurses or the people there asked me what had happened. A buddy of mine told me, Hey Phil, don't don't tell them what happened. Just tell them you got you were playing, you got cut and that's the end of the story. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I remember sitting in this waiting room and I said things I shouldn't have said on Snapchat. Yeah. It got to my school. Once it got to my school, um I I went to school and I was charged with uttering threats.
0: 'Cause it's um, something you put on Snapchat and someone recorded it or, Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um uh, and that was the turning point of my life. And that's
0: when it all came crumbling that's down. That's when hey. it went
1: all crumbling down and I was like I was not doing anything right. At that point I was leaving with this lady and I was paying my rent, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um It was very tough. But one person that really stuck by my side Mm-hmm. And really helped me through it was my coach Raul, you yeah. know. He he he's never given up on me. He's one person that I feel like today if I did something, he'd still st- stick by my side. Yeah. And his wife too, um Pat.
0: Yeah.
1: Um uh, she's the one that helped me get through grade 11. But uh let me just finish this story yeah, real quick. of quick. Um I remember sitting in this cell and uh Constable Brandon, he's a great person too. Um, he's he's helped me so much and he still helps me to this day. And I remember he came in the cell and I was sitting down and he told me, Phil, don't think this is the end. I still believe in you. And I'm like, why would he say something like that? Like, what else is there to me? You know, like what good am I ever going to do now? Like I'm already in the cell. Like my grandma even told me one day I'm going to end up going to jail or something (laughs) like that. And I was, I was hurt. I was depressed. I didn't know what to do next I just felt like I was never gonna make it mm-hmm. and uh I finally came out I was in that cell for um a day and a half felt like longer it felt like <laughs> I counted every brick in that jail cell yeah. my lines, you know?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways um uh, my brother came out and bailed me out and uh I was living at my brother's for a, a little while mm-hmm. and I was there by myself sometimes because my brother was never there and uh i ended up living with pat and raul mm-hmm. and pat she was tough for me when he came to school like that was her number one till this tough day. Tough love man
0: <laughs> that's what you needed till like this man.
1: day that was it <laughs> and uh i ended up moving to uh i ended up going to cougar's boxing gym yeah and me and raul found that place and um I loved it, you know. The first since the first day, the first day was a hard day because uh, I got to support my coach. Yeah, I support this little kid, and then <laughs> the next day I support my coach. He beat me up didn't went take out was crying. Like, no, nope, then take it easy on me, and uh, but anyways, before I, I I I jump up some steps, but I ended up um, uh, coming out, and uh, Raúl was always checking on me, even yeah. though I was depressed and there was this lady, you know, she, she helped me a lot and she still means a lot to me this till this day. And she motivated me because I got to see a gold medal, you know what I mean, <laughs> and, and it's,
0: it's, it's crazy. I, one thing I regret is not putting it on my neck, you yeah. know, I wish I did. Hey, but like, like uh, the constable said, this isn't the end. There's, yeah, al- there's yeah, always time, yeah, man, like, yeah. you got so much time ahead. Which is so
1: true, which is so true. And I remember when I came out of that uh, jail cell, I told myself I was gonna kiss the floor and I was never gonna come back. I remember I did exactly this thing as, as I did. I came out, I kissed the floor, I thanked God. And um, when I was staying with Raul, he put me through hell. Um, uh, I mean, he'd make me wake up sometimes in the morning and we'd go do stairs. And um, we did that on a daily basis. And it, during that time, I had conditions. I was not allowed to be on social media and and I was not allowed to have a phone. Right. So no one knew what was going on with me. I just right. disappeared, disappeared out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. And but I was working hard. Yeah. Sometimes that's good though, right? Like just get out of the eyes of people, It just kind of get low. Right.
1: No one knew where I was. Uh, I didn't I wasn't even in contact with my family uh till this day I don't really talk to them but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I send some messages and this and that. But my dream till the day I came out of that jail cell I remember telling myself, "I'm going to be the best in Edmonton." Mm-hmm. I still have papers. I write down papers and I stake them on my wall, and I write my goals. I write what I want to accomplish, and and right now, everything that I ever said is coming true. Right now, I'm five and all. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I want I'm, to be I, the best in Edmonton boxing. Is exactly, your goal, right? and yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I want to be the best in the whole world. Yeah. But it's small steps that it takes to get
0: there. What got you into boxing in the first place? Like, at what point in your life did you did you take that? It was Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. It was Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> but as a kid, growing up, yeah. I always fought yeah. with my... I remember uh,
1: in Zimbabwe, actually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I had a half-brother. I always fought. I was... Uh, me and him, we always Fight. Yeah. And growing up, my parents put me to karate. Okay.
0: Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So fighting was always in my blood, and working hard was always in my
0: blood. Right. Like, yeah. So then you utilize sort of this newfound gratitude and this newfound drive. Exactly. And through boxing, exactly. and that's what's pushing you now. Exactly. That's what's keeping you honest, right?
1: And 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 my dad pushes me. You know, mm. um every time I, I go in a boxing ring, right? uh, I sometimes I do a little prayer. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, my dad pushes me and. I look at I look at the opponents in their faces and the sometimes you can tell when they're when they're tired, you can tell their weaknesses <laughs> just by looking at their yeah. face. And um, I love that. Yeah. I love working hard. I love going to the gym. I love uh, shout out to my coach Chico, you know. Um, he's a mentor too. You know, I I I love everyone that's in my in my life right now. It's a small circle, yeah. But we're heading somewhere big you know absolutely i went from honestly no one no one knowing where i was (laughs) to a lot of people telling me you have a bright future
0: and you realize because you're doing the right things right yeah yeah i saw you in the boxing gym a couple weeks ago and i have to say like you're like the pk suban of boxing like you went in there (laughs) like smiles (laughs) all around people are saying yo what up phil you're like you just go up to every single person and make sure they're having a good time like man, that was really cool to see. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was
1: an <laughs> honor having you there. I'm not gonna lie to you. Did you see all the people who wanted to take a picture with
0: you? <laughs> that was a fun group, Bob. Um, it was, it was. St- because if it's
1: not fun, you you, you you gotta be fun. Because if it's not fun, you are not gonna have. Well, you strike me as the kind
0: of guy who can have fun no matter what you're doing. I guess. Yeah. There's a cu- couple of things I want to say just about your your life and man, like you've overcome so much adversity. And it's pretty impressive to the point of where you are now. And people have gone through the things that you have could go one of two ways, right? They could do what you've done and really use that to drive them and as a chip on their shoulder to motivate them, or they could fall off completely. Like everyone's got a different everyone's got a different rock bottom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For some people, rock bottom is, oh, like You know, I ran out of money and I had to go ask my parents for money. And for other people like you, it's why, you know, I'm spending a day and a half in a jail cell and I never want to come back. For other people, it might be drugs. It might be, you know, um, longer term in jail. There's so many different rock bottoms, but it's all subjective. And I think it's really impressive what you've done to turn around your life at this point. Like, if you reframe your mindset of like, you didn't have the most solid upbringing, but man, I think that's your strength. I think that's what made, has made you strong so far, and I think that that one is gonna be what makes your story even more powerful. Like Thank you me. just think like, if you accomplish your goal of making, and you told me like you wanna make the Canadian boxing team, right? Imagine that story from where you came from to where you're gonna go, Yeah. that, that disparity is what really makes a champion in my mind right Thank you. and and then the other thing too and you know this already is you got to make sure that what you do now maps out to where you want to be right you want to be an olympic boxer every day you're going to ask yourself what would an olympic boxer do do i need to go hang out with my friends and you know have a drink or eat too many cookies yeah (laughs) which i know you like i love cookies or Or is it? No, no, no. What an Olympic boxer would do would be up at five a.m. doing stairs, and then I'm watching video during the day, and then I'm training at night. You know, and right. I'm and I'm finishing up grade twelve because that's important. You yeah, have yeah, to do that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you've got you've got a long way to go for sure, but you're off to a great start, like five Thank and you. zero. So, what's coming up next for you?
1: Um, so my next fight, yeah, yeah, I wanted to tell you this. My next fight is going to be in um, Medicine Hat. Okay. And uh, when's that? That's uh January this month actually okay. January twentieth to twenty okay. fifth uh twenty first yeah and it's a tournament it's okay. two day tournament I hope to see that provincial champ there oh <laughs> my
0: god who's that your guy you want to beat that's
1: cool yeah, yeah. oh man I'm not gonna talk much but I can't oh man anyways. all right you're confident anyways though. any anyone in my weight class yeah. I'm just I'm just I just can't wait to see yeah. them in the ring okay um, good. Uh, my next, after that, my next fight is going to be in Brampton. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brampton Cup. is like Olympic style. Okay. So, we got, they, they got a lot of fighters coming from uh, other countries too, like Irish, yeah. United States. Wow. I'm excited so for that. So, that's like a
0: real world tournament.
1: Exactly. Okay. It's going to be my first big tournament. Yeah. And then, right after Brampton Cup, is Provincials. Okay. It's Provincials. Um, And uh, that's where I'm going to start making my dreams come true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where are the Provincials? They're in, uh, from what I... From last time I remember, I'm not too sure about this, but I think they're in Spruce Grove. Okay. Spruce Grove, yeah.
0: And do you know the date of those yet?
1: Uh, they're, uh, it's February 24th,
0: 25th. February 24th, 25th. Yeah. Those for sure, I'll be there.
1: All right. Wow. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Win or lose, I'm telling you, Shane. I'm going to keep working hard. Nothing can 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 destroy me or beat me down you know because yeah, when I went through I remember telling myself that there's no workout that can beat me yeah yeah.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah what do you think you still need to work on in terms of boxing
1: um I need to work on <laughs> I'm pretty sure all my all my opponents are going to be looking and <laughs> listening <laughs> at
0: this <laughs> that's okay though yeah that's alright like... Like, you're going to uh, outwork them you're going to out hustle them exactly, and, and that's better true. right
1: um I feel like Things I got mm-hmm. to work on, my defense. I got to work on my defense. I got to work on staying low. Because once I stay low, oh, man, those those guys want to punch down. Mm-hmm. But when I'm coming up, I rock them. Yeah. Um, I got to work on um my movement in the ring. I got to work on. I say that's pretty much it. I got to work on my defense. Yeah. My defense has got to get better so I can be. I can stay pretty. I mean, I, mean, I, still, have, <laughs> I still have the headgear, yeah. but I, uh, my coach always tell me, keep your hands up. Even Raul, yeah. Olymp, uh, Cuban style, he always tell me, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you get, you hit, don't get hit. That's the game name That's of the game. That's the name of the game. game. Yeah. yeah, you got tagged hit and pretty don't get good hit. that time yeah, yeah, I was watching you. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you don't
0: want to be getting any bleeding lips or noses. Exactly, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And he always told me that. So my defense got to get better. But I feel like right now I'm heading I, I oh my gosh. I came I became a, a, a better fighter. Like I'm I'm so good now. Yeah. Uh from the last time I started and uh
0: Lots of improvement, right? Lots
1: now. of improvements, yeah, and I'm so excited to like before I was always I mean I always get nervous before a fight. Yeah. But um I was never so excited for this next for my next upcoming fights. Yeah. These five fights that I got Really made me tough and really made me confident. Yeah. And after my last fight, I regret it. I wish I could have stopped him.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm very, I'm really excited for my next fight. So, what do you want? What do you want to do in your life? Like after with boxing, after boxing, like what kind of impact do you want to leave? Like what kind of mark do you want to leave on this world?
1: Oh, that's a very good question, but I got an answer for it.
0: <laughs> okay, I knew you'd do it. Um,
1: I wanna, I wanna motivate kids. I wanna, I wanna help kids that never had the chance or the word, or kids that, that don't almost have no hope.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wanna give them hope. Um, if I ever become a world champion, um, if I ever even make the Olympics, I wanna go back to my homeland because no one really knows where Zimbabwe is, and all not, not a lot of people know Zimbabwe, and I really feel like. I'm carrying Zimbabwe, and I feel like I'm carrying a lot of Africans too. And uh, I want to go back to Zimbabwe, and I want to build another world champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to motivate kids, and I want to let them not never give up. Right now, I'm still I'm still a nobody, but I know that if I keep going and keep working hard, and keep stay humble most mostly, um, keep praying to God, keep thanking him for everything that he has done in my life, and keep letting letting him use me um, I know that I'll go the right path and just surrounding myself by the right people learning from the people that has done it before me and I I really just want to help kids uh, you know and uh, especially kids that never had a dad Mm -hmm. kids that don't have both parents you know I want to be their hero if we can say that
0: yeah
1: and I I don't want to do it for anything bad because just seeing that is going to make me happy
0: yeah that's such a common theme too. Like kids who don't feel like they have hope. And again, it's so subjective. Like exactly. some people, some people have had it pretty good, like have a pretty soft upbringing, but some people have had it really tough. Man. Yeah, and if yeah. you can help any of those people, right? Yeah, By using your story and showing what you've gone through and just your personality. Like I think you've got, you've got all the tools. Yeah. And, uh, and I honestly
1: get it from, uh, I'm not going to lie this lady. She really did a lot to me. You know, she helped me a lot mm-hmm. and she made me look, uh, at, at the world in a different way, and uh, I'm so blessed that she came in my life and showed me all those things.
0: Uh, so Phil, where can people follow your story? How can they find you on social media?
1: Um, actually, I'm gonna be starting on episode, the journey of Philip Matumbo. I'm gonna be posting it on YouTube. Okay. So that's coming out right after Provincial. So
0: that's a channel you're starting?
1: Yeah, it's like an episode. It's gonna be like a series. Okay. I actually started this because I. Who's I, filming I, it? Uh, my my buddy of mine's um. Uh, you know we came up every day me and my buddy we always tell ourselves that we're up next yeah. he's kind of telling ourselves, you know we're, we're we're the next thing we just gotta keep our heads up every time we have a bad day we yeah. always keep telling you uh, that's the thing yeah. we're next up and uh yeah he's the one filming it and we already started we already got the intro in nice yeah yeah so uh this training camp we're probably going to videotape this training yeah. camp and just let people know a little bit of my story.
0: Do you wish that you would have been documenting, videoing all the struggling times too, all the tough times? So when you get to where you <laughs> want to be, you <laughs> that- can show people and say, "This is where I came from, <laughs> motherfucker."
1: Look uh, where I am now. that's so true. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I wish I could, yeah. but I never thought in that time that I'd ever be here. You know, no man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, um, Mr. Edmonton. So it's actually Mr. Mm-hmm. Dot Uh, Edmonton.
0: Okay, that's easy. Yeah,
1: and... uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, underscore Mr. Edmonton. And, yeah, yeah, those those are my social medias if you want to look at what I'm up to. But uh, otherwise, you know, I'm truly blessed to have uh, Shane interview me. He's the (laughs) next thing for sure. We all know that... um, no and man
0: I'm just giving people platforms to talk that's it no no I mean, it's, no it's, it's your guys a story that, that drives this and I love hearing this kind of stuff and, and I know it impacts I get lots of messages and I know I'm going to get lots of messages from your well you're
1: show, changing and, the, well, well <laughs> you're changing the world because I remember listening I listened to your podcasts and I listened to some of them and they're very touchy and motivating. And I love that. You <laughs> I gotta, appreciate that. You got to do that more, brother. I love them. I love them. I love them. Cool, him. man. Him.
0: We'll keep working. Keep creating. All right. All the best uh, in the upcoming fights, man.
1: All right. Thanks, Gene.
0: Okay. We'll catch you later. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you all enjoyed that talk with Phil as much as I did. Let me know what you are doing to make 2018 your championship year. See ya.